have to win there. Painter understands it. Oh, anybody! God, I can't see the masses! Trying to save it. Jump ball here. And kept in play by Edwards. What a great numbers. Take the numbers. Edwards steps it in. It is Thursday night. It's December 7th, 2023. Hard to believe it's December. Hard to believe we're in the last month of 2023, but here we are. Brand new episode of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. Full crew tonight. I'm Tanner Lee. Evan Webb, Andrew Eiler, also in the house. Fellas, thanks for filling in for me last week. I really appreciate it. We survived. (laughs) Yeah, we got through it. You guys did well. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, you guys did good. Besides, uh, whatever you said didn't work Friday night. So yeah, that's that's what I meant. I was like, I don't know if we should do that again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, for anybody that doesn't know, for anybody, any Purdue fan that might be have been we'll living under a rock, comma. yeah, we'll living under a rock, something like that. Uh, Purdue was handed their first loss of the season. Unfortunately, Friday night in Evanston, second year in a row, they go into Welsh Ryan Arena, rank number one, and come out on the losing side of things. Lost in overtime. Um, don't really want to hit on the game too much since we'll talk about a game that was much more enjoyable from Monday. But I will say, I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I thought I thought going into overtime after Edie hit that very difficult shot to tie the game, I'm like, all right, Purdue weathered the storm, mm-hmm. five-minute refresh. Purdue's going to dominate. And Purdue even got up four yeah. in overtime. But yeah, it, yeah Fletcher, Fletcher hit a three, I think, right? Yeah, I, I was I was the same. I was – once it got to overtime, I was like, all right, he's going to take over. They're, they're in foul trouble. Like, yeah, they're going to run out of like, bodies. My thought was, you know, they, they had all that. You know, they, they made the comeback. You know, they, you know, got up, you know, and Purdue kind of weathered the storm. But, like, once it got to overtime, okay, you know, they're kind of deflated the balloon there. You know, all their energy. You know, is you know, it's gone and kind of. I don't. I hate saying this, but it reminded me a little bit of the FU game. Is the fact that like whenever Purdue like seemed like okay, like okay, Purdue, you know, Purdue took control for a second. I was like, okay, now okay, we're up four, up five. Okay, now just get one stop and a bucket, and we'll be in good shape. And then they couldn't do that, and it was like, geez, <laughs> this yep. kept coming. Yeah, it was one, it was one of those games. I didn't feel nervous until like I was jealous. <laughs> Three or four minutes left in regulation. Then it's like, okay, now it's time to get nervous. I don't know. I yeah. just kept thinking, Drew's going to end up winning this thing by like six or seven points. Not going to be pretty, but they're going to survive, play pretty poorly, at least in some areas, and survive poorly from in standards of shooting the three, which they started off three for five. We're like, all right, this is going to be a hot shooting night. <laughs> Ended five for 19. And then yeah. turnovers. And I, you know, turnovers are one of those things in basketball. It's like, yeah, they, they're good. They kill you. I mean, if you have them, they kill you. But everybody gets on coaches so much about turnovers. It's like that part of the game's not really. I don't think on the coaches. I think that's more on the players. Right. Like I don't think Painter was go out and do their job. I don't think Painter was telling Fletcher at the end of the game they're to throw a twenty foot, 
you know, inbound or a 20 foot entry pass. I mean, like, granted, he's made some passes like that in Michigan State last last year, right. but um, yeah, I don't think he's instructed to throw it like because I feel like Fletcher got the ball and just immediately just threw it. It's like he didn't take any sort of time and let the play develop. So, yeah, I yeah, I agree. Like, obviously, some of those plays were really <laughs> dumb. Um, some you could argue weren't even turnovers, they were just bad calls, but I mean, whatever still happened. I mean, Braden had six of them. Um, but yeah, it's not like it's not like Painter's coaching them to turn the ball over. And it's also I mean, it's also the argument too. It's like, you know, it just kind of, <laughs> I mean, every fan fandom does this, but it's like, you know, the other team is trying to turn you over. Like they're trying to actively like <laughs> take the ball away, so they're not just sitting there and like letting you do whatever you want, like as much right. as you'd like them to. Um, so give credit where credit's due. I mean, yeah, they're scrappy and boo booies about the rift play for his AARP card and. <laughs> Well, and that's a good thing. I'm glad you brought that up. This is kind of my last thing I'll, I'll hit on from that game, unless you guys have any other thoughts. But nope. You, you know, okay. <laughs> well said. Uh, I mean, Purdue Purdue has benefited from the transfer portal this year from Lance Jones, right? But not as much as some other teams, and they've never been benefited from a COVID year. But they've got stung from other mm-hmm. teams COVID year, like Boo Boo. The whole the whole Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah. like, I mean, look Illinois, at Illinois two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> they were all like they were older than the Bulls. <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin has used that to their advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the Purdue's been bit by that big time in some games from some players that normally wouldn't be playing college basketball still. But it is what it is. Everybody goes through it. I'm glad this is the last year of that stuff. And or well, I guess next year is, isn't it? But um, well, so I was thinking with that because I was like, well, technically. Because this kind of made me. Because I was, I think it was after this game, I was thinking about this rule. Yeah, because this is Boo Booey's fifth year in college, and I'm wondering, do these guys? Because like, obviously, it's his COVID year, but he could still technically do a grad year, right? It's just he can't do that at Northwestern. So because COVID year is just you, an extra year. Orig- originally, you have you have five years to play four. Four, yes. So but then, COVID I think, essentially gives you then, just a bonus. Yes, but I think. If he's played, so I think that means you can play like technically five years. I think I'm gonna look. So up. If, I'm gonna try and find if he didn't, if he didn't redshirt, if he didn't redshirt, then I don't think he can play. I think anymore. you're right, Andrew. The, I tried to look it up the other day because I was getting <clears throat> so pissed off with college football and the transfer portal and guys getting like seventh years. Um, but but it, I think. It, those guys probably redshirted, had injuries. Hundred percent, they've had yeah. multiple seasons of injuries. But so it wasn't like they crazy, played but... seven. It wasn't like they played seven years. They just were in college for seven right. years. Yeah, right. They probably What's, sat out the, their first the guy, year and got hurt. Who's the guy for plays for Howard? They played for Ohio State for a couple of years. Um, he, he, kept, he like started out at like one place. He went to Ohio Basketball? State, kept getting hurt. Yeah. This is like his eighth year in college. It's not Kyle Young, is it? I feel like he's been around for no. <laughs> no. Cause I was thinking I was like, man, could like could you know someone like Mason Gillis, who this is his fourth year playing playing, he's obviously fifth year in college. Could he, you know, take a COVID year and a grad year and go to like Notre Dame or something next year? Cause obviously we don't have room for him essentially with the recruiting class coming in, but it's like could those guys still play another two years somewhere if they wanted to like an I don't I don't think two. I think it's you still get one. Yeah. I think it's you still I think it's basically like you get five years to play four. That twenty twenty this doesn't count as one of those four. Yep. Yeah. Even though they even though they played essentially a whole season up until the tournament. So I mean they played thirty games basically. That that year yeah. in 2020, but 
I'll be glad when we get back to just fifth year guys and maybe the occasional sixth year due to injury. He'll be a lot easier to understand. (laughs) But but Friday night sucked, but I said out loud right after the game, I'm like, I wouldn't want to be Iowa come Monday. I tweeted it. Yes, you did. And um, Mm -hmm. Evan has done a fantastic job running the Boiler Breakdown account on X. Twitter. See, I, I just can't say X. I try, and then <laughs> nah. in my brain, I'm like, you have to say Twitter. So, um, I refuse, Elon. I refuse. Um, but, yeah, Iowa was coming in. I mean, I was positive because Purdue's had good luck against Iowa, especially at home. Um, I think they won eight out of the last ten against them in Mackey, something like that. And I was no different than they are every other year. Good offense. God awful, don't even try on defense. And love Brian Newbert's tweet about Iowa football compared to their basketball. Their football's great defense, horrendous offense, and basketball's vice versa. Um, but Purdue uh, just came out pissed, aggressive, came out firing, punched Iowa in the mouth. Fran gets a technical because he's a nut job. And uh, they didn't really let Iowa ever breathe. The score of the final score of a 19 point deficit was a lot closer than the game actually was. Yeah, it's, I mean, it ended 19, but really, like, probably the last five minutes, Brady was just, like, just trying to just get yeah. this game over with, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, like, yeah, when they took Zach out and Braden, it was 31-point yeah, Braden, yeah, I think Braden came out first, I think. Right. And, yeah, it's just, like, yeah, at that point, just, like, just <laughs> rather the storm, don't turn the ball over 800 million times. Yep, but um, you were there, Webby. Uh, Mackie mm-hmm. sounded like, on TV, like it was rocking like usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great crowd. Um, I mean, yeah, I think going back to that Fran Tech, I, I think because he was getting after the officials before then, obviously. I think it was just because I don't know if he was just trying to fire his team up because they were playing so poorly. Um, yeah, he had like three guys holding him back on that. Uh, He's a nut. It was a loose ball that turned that was they gave the talent to Purdue and he felt otherwise. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, they were pretty crazy. That was a quick, quick tech. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was awesome to see all you said, Tam. I feel like this team. What I liked about this team so far this year is that they just feel like they don't mess around. I mean, the Northwestern game obviously didn't end the way we wanted it to, but you know, got up Sanford, thirteen at one point in the first half. Right, yeah. the first yeah. half they played. I mean, it really it looked it like they were going to roll. You know, mm-hmm. when Jones fouled out, that really that was a huge turning point because I think I, I wish I meant to bring the tweet up and I forgot, but it was like someone had like a thing like when Lance Jones was guarding Boo Boo, he was like four of eleven from the field, and after he went out, he was like seven from eleven or something like that. So it was like, I saw that. Was like, I didn't I didn't realize that that he hadn't made a field goal in like he hadn't made a field goal in like eight minutes or something. Yeah. When Lance Jones was guarding him, and then once he went out, he went. Yeah, he, he missed yeah. like one shot the rest of the game. Yeah. The Camden yeah, and, and Fletcher p- had trouble. Yeah, which I mean, what did Boo's you think good. about? That at the end of the game when it's Heidi guarding Bowie and at the end of the game when he hit the, the I thought he did fine. I mean, I, I, I kind of yeah. like I mean, he's he's long, like he can you know mm. hopefully get up and contest him. I say I like a lot more than than Fletcher, which they were obviously hunting Fletcher on the switches. Um, which I mean, do, yeah, I mean it, it, it is what it is. Like either mm. he needs to get better or. If, I mean, if he's not playing well on offense, then you can sit him. But if he's if he's playing well on offense, then you can't really sit him. You just kind of have to. Right. I mean. I well, with the punches and hope for the best. <laughs> I mean, um, but um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. What was I saying? Um, but what I liked about this basketball <laughs> team. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. 
That's pretty good. For anybody yeah. listening to the audio version of this podcast, Cameron Day on Facebook said Cam Allen would have had 17 turnovers just like Purdue at Northwestern. That's pretty good. But um, we're like about this basketball. It seems like you know Sanford first game of the season came out pissed and took care of business. Um, you know after the Maui playing Texas Southern, you know could have easily been a kind of a, a let up just coming off. Obviously, you know we're number one in the country. You just played three incredible teams, and you're playing some you know essentially a 16 seed. Um, they kind of hung around a little bit, you know, pretty kind of flexed their muscles and uh, took care of business and. Kind of same with Iowa, like really Iowa had, I mean, we've seen games like this in the past. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it was even last year's game where Purdue got a big and Iowa kind of made a comeback toward, you know, just with their, their full court pressure, which they're really good at half court, not so much. Um, hmm. But this, they really had like, they had, I mean, they couldn't turn us over, which I think was also a credit to Lance Jones and how well he's played and what a nice addition is he is to this, this roster because it Plus. just added so much. Plus, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, I think, are a lot better from 12 months ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there was like, I really wasn't even worried when they started getting into their kind of havoc press there, um, just because we got through it pretty easily. Even like when you had Colvin out there, I was a little, I was a little worried when Colvin went out there, but he made some pretty decisive passes and got up the, got up the court. So, I mean, when they couldn't stop us, then it was like there's no chance. I mean, unless like as everybody fouls out, or maybe they make a comeback at the end and they took everybody out. And because I was thinking, I was like, man, if they get this down to like 15, are we gonna put? like Edie or Braden back in, but I think we never got to that point. Yeah, I think they should have won by 40. I think they should have just kept pushing the win by 40. <laughs> Throttled down. It was, it was nice to watch a game and relax for a good majority of it, mm-hmm. um, especially a conference game. Don't get to do that. Right. Yeah, it won't happen, won't happen much more. Unlike I was mad because I was in the arena and I completely, I was not paying attention when Lance threw that pass off the guy's back. Um, because like I just wasn't, paying, I knew the ball's gonna be in there, in better, but I think I was like looking at one of the scoreboards or something. And then I all of a sudden, I you know, people I heard the noise, I looked and he's making a layup. I was like, Did he throw off the guy's back? <laughs> I was the uh, number seven play on Sports Center top 10 that night, mm-hmm. so which now he's made it twice this year with his uh, yeah. three quarters court shot in Maui and then um, then this play. So no, he's been a godsend to Purdue. I mean, David Jenkins was good for Purdue last year, good for he that team, but. But yeah, yes, he was. Yes, he was. But Lance Jones taking it to another level for Purdue. Yeah. I mean, he, and I think a lot of the national media is recognizing that uh, mm-hmm. when you talk about, he, they talk about him kind of being the missing piece to hopefully get Purdue to Phoenix come, come April. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, real, real enjoyable game. Um, I got to be honest, outside of Purdue, I still haven't watched much of the Big Ten. I know every Big Ten team's now got, um, conference games under their belt so well speaking of iowa they're playing tonight against iowa, iowa state, state right? yeah. and they're down uh 27 to 46 <laughs> <laughs> minute, <laughs> minute, minute 24 in the first half to go <laughs> oh boy Oof. poor fran you gotta wonder when his seat's gonna get hot or if they just don't care if i don't, think, I don't think they care i mean like, I, I mean, I keep, I keep forgetting that he hasn't made the second round of the tournament ever, ever. Yeah. Ever. Second, sorry, second weekend, second weekend. Oh, second weekend. Never, he's never made it past the second weekend. Or made, I want to say Alford weekend. only did it once. Yeah. I mean, that's just a program that they just don't have good success in the tournament. They, they actually, I think I remember, I think it was 2019. They were, I think they played Tennessee in the round of 632. So it was like, man, do, like, do we want to play Iowa? You know, been like our third time playing that year, or do we really want to play Tennessee? Because they're obviously super, you know, physical and super athletic. Because Iowa almost had them. 
in mm-hmm. that game with, with Luca Garza. Garza right? Was it, yeah. was it was a, was a sophomore or junior? Yeah, it was the second to last year because his COVID. Yeah, the twenty twenty season was his last year. That's right. Yeah, because then yeah. yeah, okay. He was player of the year, and then they got knocked out because yeah. Iowa and Illinois got knocked out early that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like you know, they beat Purdue in twenty twenty two in the Big Ten tournament championships. Like they have that to hang their hat on, you know, with the Murray twins, but again, still get knocked mm-hmm. out early. <laughs> well, just like, uh, just, just like the just like the whole Big Ten, honestly, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It's yeah. in the way the ref, uh, referees are officiating games. This year might be uh, <laughs> for a lot of teams in the Big Ten. So, well, uh, so kind of if we're done on the Iowa, I saw an interesting. I think uh, I think Brian, you were talked about it. It's an interesting experience for Purdue to have after Alabama on Saturday having three big time SEC games under their belt, like a different conference, different mm-hmm. style, really athletic and long. Mm-hmm. And I mean between Arkansas, Tennessee, and Alabama, and assuming that Purdue plays well Saturday should be really good experience and honestly mm-hmm. kind of like should bode well for really anybody because that's a different style and different mm-hmm. that's, that's a type sweet of 16 team elite eight given, type opponent yeah. too as you're going to see like a, and it's historically the teams that have given Purdue mm-hmm. trouble with tons of turnovers because they're long athletic and Purdue's typically not but um I don't know where I was going with that. Just the transitioning. No, I, I think about that. Good, yeah, good yeah. experience so far. Yeah, I mean, they just the fact that they yeah. throw the fact that we play Arizona the you know a week from mm-hmm. this Saturday. So it's like that's I mean again a traditional that's you know, a team that's been made some deep runs has got going into what we said was like the hardest non-conference schedule Purdue's ever had, and here Purdue is with their one loss being Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm the one before the season telling everybody, yeah, don't panic. Purdue's going to drop a couple games and then non-con. And I didn't say anything about conference. And then... You're right. <laughs> what's, Damn, uh, what's, been, I guess, what's been your biggest surprise so far this year? As far as Purdue or in the conference yeah. or what? Both. You can do both. Uh, I'll say I'll say Braden Smith being like all conference or potentially more like caliber, I guess. I don't know. Being like uh like up there as one of the top point guards in the Big Ten. Like I thought he'd be better, but not this good, I guess, so far. <sighs> I guess my positive surprise has been Lance Jones. I just didn't yeah. know what to yeah. expect of him, and he's been a lot better. I mean, he, he has his moments. I mean, he got a little cold against Northwestern, but like you said, he, his defense was huge. Defensively, yeah. he was like a huge presence. Then when he, once he found out, everything kind of turned upside down. I um, wonder too. I mean, he's from Evanston, so you wonder if he was. You know, I'm sure he had a ton of family in the stands, yeah. like he wanted to show out, and you know, maybe was pressing a little yep. bit. But I mean, I have no idea. But I mean, kudos well, to him for bouncing back and having the game he did against Iowa. And on the flip side, one 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 guy, and, and he's had some moments so far. He, he's definitely talented. He's got tons of upside. One guy I thought we'd see better play out of so far this year, and we really haven't. Trey Kaufman ran. Mm-hmm. I think he just doesn't get the opportunities really, um, yeah. just because I think he takes up so much space from Edie that kind of helps Edie a little bit. I was, I was going to kind of think the other way that how his shooting has been a big improvement. He shoot, I know it's not like a high volume, but I just looked. He's 40% from three. Yeah. His, his free throws look a lot better. Last year they were so flat and it was like no chance. They do look think, better. I don't yeah. think he's like shooting great free throw lines still. 
I know it's talked about like how is it working with Edie, and I was kind of thinking with Lance Jones when like like he said, yeah, he gets in there, he takes some bad shots, but like he's pretty aggressive and he hits some, but then again, gets cold. But when Edie's not on the floor, the offense gets a little stagnant, and they have to have someone to play through. So that's why I'm kind of okay with Lance Jones mm-hmm. being aggressive, or if Kaufman runs out there, I mean he he kind of becomes like I think they say the destination basically. And you kind of have to see it through. You've seen it a little bit, I think, recently with Painter with his substitutions. And I know Newbert mentioned it, but like you might see him like take maybe Trey out a little bit sooner than he'd like to, just so that when he does take Edie out, he can maybe He's throw not. Trey back in. Yeah. There. Just and like I, I think I, I like, I kind of like that. I'm just, just thinking, I mean, start off with two of them at the front. I mean, you're going to get like five offensive rebounds in the first like three mm-hmm. minutes. And then the offense seems to move a little bit better when Gillis is in at the four, I think. Mm hmm. Just yeah. because he spaces it a little bit more than Kaufman Ren. Um but then yeah, I like having Kaufman Ren in when Edie's not. Yep. Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it if they put Kaufman Ren off the bench and, and Gillis as a starting four. But I don't I don't maybe we eventually see that. I don't think we're gonna see that for a while. I don't think Painter's gonna mess with the starting lineup too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know it it's. Str- it kind of pains him not to be able to start Mason because I think he loves him. Oh, I think yeah. Mason's one of his favorite players he's ever coached because he's constantly talking about how hard he plays, how hard he works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Coffin Ren does too. I mean, I think Coffin yeah, Ren right. plays extremely hard also. Caleb First plays hard too. Yeah, exactly, I mean, that's yeah. the. They, I that's mean, the honestly, problem. the whole team does, but yeah. And, and, and I, I'm not trying to look way too far, but it. I think he loves Purdue, but it, it wouldn't shock me if Caleb First, if we see him in the portal uh, in the offseason. <laughs> I don't, just the fact that you got Edie leaving next year or hey, the year hey, we're doing. He, like, doesn't, he doesn't have to leave, Evan. <laughs> he doesn't have to, but that's going to be a problem with. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess you're going to take the National Player of the Year. I think if you have a National Player of the Year that wants to come back, I think yeah. you let him come back. Which is the hilarious argument. People are like, do we let him come back? It's like, yeah, you're stupid. Of course you let him come back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you do whatever yeah, it yeah. takes if he wants to come back. Yeah. Um, if he's assuming he does, I feel like you yeah. got to see Caleb and GKR as your starting four and five. I don't see which they played a little bit together, and I think it, and it's worked pretty yeah. well just because first moves pretty well, and he's big and he plays like mm-hmm. I said, he plays really hard. Um, yeah, yeah, it could be a yeah. I mean, I, I I can't imagine one of those freshmen coming in and supplanting one of those two. I, mean, I can see it maybe more like someone taking first spot because GKR has already started so much. Um, unless, like, again, like a cannon catchings or somebody just, you know, lights out as a freshman, which, hey, if that's good, and maybe he is, that's great. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Caleb's been great. I love his energy. Mm. And his dunk, it was his dunk against Northwestern was. Yeah. 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 Which yeah, I remember Andrew Texas like, where did that come from? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't in know. The Iowa game, when Trey had that block that was called a foul, what did the commentator say? I think Robbie said, didn't look like much foul to me. I thought that was a lot of so ball. It looked, I mean, like, because it was right in front of me. And obviously I can just, I don't see like the body contact, but man. It was a little body, saw, but it's like. I saw, okay, I mean, yeah, it's Carson, he's going to the hoop. I was like, he got a lot of hand on that ball. <laughs> more of one of those anticipation calls, which I feel like I'm seeing more of those this year than I have recent years. Yep. Which I hate, but. Yeah. 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 They're hard not to call, but it is like it's one of the things where as an official you have to just like let the play play out because something like that. I mean, it was a great play, and you could tell like Trey, Trey didn't show a whole lot of emotion, but he was he was pretty like he was 
he was laughing at it, but yeah, that was a really good play. As far as the Big Ten goes, I think a surprise for me has been Wisconsin, um, which I know better. Every time I don't think they're going to be good, they turn out to be pretty good. It's just who yeah. they are as a program. But beating Marquette was a good win. Um, beating Michigan State the other night was a good win. I thought that was a game Michigan State would get. Um, and then a, a disappointment in the Big Ten, I think, has been Maryland. They are I thought they'd be a top four team. They are and bad. They're, just, they're talented <laughs> and they just can't. I don't know if Kevin Willard's just not as good a coach as everybody thought or what, but they're just, it's not gelling there for some reason. Yeah. I mean, you heard offseason. I remember reading, except, I mean, I followed recruiting pretty nicely. So I, would, I saw some of the guys that they were getting. I was like, ooh, those were some pretty good guys. And, you know, you, you, there was something that I think it was Rothstein tweeted out like, oh, like Kevin Willard said that he has to they have to cut practice short a lot of times because their freshmen are just so physical that they like they don't want to get people hurt. I'm like, OK, this, you know, they were physical last year. It essentially, was a football game and at uh, College Park when we played there last year and like, they should be pretty good. And then yeah, seeing these scores, I'm just like and watching I watched the game against Indiana. I was like no offensive sets. I mean, obviously they run sets, but it was just like, what am I? Like, it was horrible to watch. And then. Because after that game was the Purdue game, Northwestern game, and I was like, just watching Purdue run an offense versus Maryland was just night and day. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, but it's been interesting so far in the Big Ten. I mean, you have Purdue ranked, of course. I mean, you can also throw Michigan State in there as a disappointment. I mean, coming, I mean, I, I think we all kind of were, were skeptical, just like us and our friend group, just because we saw. I mean, it was kind of the they they got the North Carolina treatment of you know a team that was you know pretty mediocre all last year that got hot in the tournament and then gets a high ranking because they return everybody from that team that was mediocre and just got hot and won three games in a row or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, they've been, I mean, they've been, they've hung in some games with Arizona and Duke, but obviously lose to James Madison first game. Wisconsin just goes in there and punks them. Um, yeah. It's been interesting, but that's definitely, you know, I'm not really, I wouldn't count out yet just because of who's coaching them. Who's done it so much. Yeah, they'll be they'll be ready to go in March. Yeah, even mm-hmm. if they're a seven seed, eight seed, whatever, they'll be they'll be ready to go. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I think I think Illinois is the clear cut number two team in the I conference, uh, which is going to be an interesting game on uh, January fifth for Purdue. That's a Friday night game. It's at home, no students. Um, mm-hmm. Still should be a good atmosphere. Oh yeah. Um, so, but I just, I've been bad. I just have not watched a lot outside Purdue, and I, I don't know why. Just haven't. Yeah, I've watched, I've still watched this with my wife. I've watched most of the Indiana games. Um, they're a hard team to figure out. Um, they go with, as Khalil Ware goes, I mean, he's a seven-footer. He can, I think he's shooting 50% from three on the year. Obviously, not a whole lot of volume, but he can shoot it. He seems to have a really good touch around the rim right now. Um, even just like some, you know, fadeaway jumpers, which it's hard to guard a seven foot guy doing that. Yeah. And obviously on the yeah. other side and um, Malik Renew's done really well, but really outside of that, I mean, like Xavier Johnson has been hurting. It's actually been better for him. Um, they just haven't gotten the, they don't have the shooting that they had last year yet. Um, I think they're playing their five-star freshman Mackenzie Mbaco out of position. He's, I think he's playing the three right now. He probably is better suited as a four, but are you going to put your, five-star kid that you probably paid over $4 million to coming off the bench. Um, no. <laughs> no, you're not. So that'll be interesting. Um, I, mean, I mean, they won their two Big Ten games. I mean, they played an awful Maryland team and a Michigan team, I think, is, again, not great, uh, which I don't understand because 
Howard is, has been sitting out because of a heart problem, but he was on the bench for their game this week, but he wasn't doing anything. I was like, I feel like if you're there, that's probably not good for your heart. Like, I know you're I not coaching, think but so. you're still there. Like, like, yeah. um, I think someone said they needed to track it to see, like, because they were playing well to start the year. They were kind of a surprise team in the Big Ten. And then I think as soon as Juwan kind of came back to the, the bench, they started sucking again, which again should tell you a whole lot because Martell is a pretty mm-hmm. good coach. But, um, but I mean, it's crazy. You know, they won their two games. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin for sure. Illinois looked really good. We've had, we do have a common opponent between Marquette. We beat Marquette. They lost to Marquette. Sure. But um, obviously, they've got, they've got a ton of athleticism. So it'll be a fun game. Yeah, for sure. Towards the end of the year. And then there's some really bad teams in the conference. Penn State's hor- horrific. Um, Nebraska Bradley started off nine. well, but they're waking yeah. up. Um, Blew a 15 point lead yesterday. Rutgers um, is not mid- good. No, I mean, that'll be a tough place to play just because of how they play. But um, yeah, they're not great. Um, you got uh, Minnesota. I mean, they've been a bottom dweller. I mean, they got the win last night, but I don't know anything about them. <laughs> no, they're. Um, I think I think you've got like your top tier of Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, maybe Ohio State. They've maybe, been playing pretty yeah. well. And then you just got a mixed bag of everybody, and then your, your bottom is probably yeah, your Penn State's, yeah. um, yep. uh, Minnesota's, Nebraska's probably can throw Rutgers in there, maybe, and we'll see how they go. I like Pipe yeah. a lot, so. But I need to start, and I know in a transfer portal era, it doesn't matter as much, but I need to start paying some attention to the USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon for next year mm-hmm. too, but I just I just haven't. Um, I mean, yeah, I know I know nothing about I know I know Washington a little bit just because I know they have Keon Brooks Jr. who is from Fort Wayne. Oh, is that where he ended up? And then transfer. Yeah, he, he was there last year. And then they also got this offseason they got Paul Mulcahy from Rutgers. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I kind of forgot that he's still in college. Yeah, I did too yep. until I saw someone like Instagram about him. I was like, I forgot this dude. He's but he'll be done. He'll be done. He'll be done. <laughs> yeah, he'll be done. Yeah, he's done. I don't want yeah. to back in the Big Ten next year. That'd be awful. Yeah, because there was like a there was like a a weird thing with Rutgers in the offseason where they um, Cam Spencer announced he was transferring. Yep. Mulcahy announced he was transferring, and then they, they lost some recruit, and they're like, "What's going?" Because then, like, they obviously, which they end up getting, but they got, you know, they were in on Dylan Harper, number two recruit, who they end up got getting yesterday. They had a kid, another kid already committed, Ace Bailey, who's number three kid, and they're like, mm-hmm. "This whole thing's falling apart." And it's like, no, it's just, I mean, Cam Spencer went to UConn, got paid, mm-hmm. doing well on the number five team there, um, and Mulcahy went to Washington for some some reason. I don't know why they're not very. I don't think they're very good. And Oregon, I think they're pretty. They beat. Michigan in overtime, but again, that's yeah. not the same. I don't think Michigan is very good either. Um, then USC, I saw Bronny's going to be playing this weekend, I think, for the first time. Oh, good for him. Limited minutes. Um, but and then uh, UCLA, I have no idea. It's crowded, yeah, I think, so I think they're yeah, pretty solid. Right, right. So, no, I think all four will be pretty good additions for basketball. Yeah. Um, of course, real good for football, but I think for basketball, yeah. too, they'll be pretty decent. So, it's going to be interesting. I hope the Big Ten tournament does do what they've been talking about, where not every team makes it. I think just having mm. 18 teams in a Start tournament on Tuesday. too many. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, or there, that, or yeah, because what there's only, what, there's only two games on Wednesday right now or something. Yeah. You'd have to do another 
two two games at least on Wednesday, but that'd be stupid. <laughs> and yeah, if you like, if you start on Tuesday, you can't expect a team. I mean, they wouldn't run the gauntlet anyways. We can't expect no. a team to play Tuesday through Sunday. The NBA right. didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, they didn't get close to that. So, um, but that yeah, it'll be interesting. But it's been an interesting season so far in college basketball. I mean, there's been tons of upsets. Nobody's absolutely dominating by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Purdue, barring upset, should get a crack at the number one ranked team next weekend in Arizona. So let's see who they play this week. Let's see Arizona. There's a lot of big games this weekend. So yeah, um, I mean, I know in state uh, Purdue plays Alabama and Toronto. Indiana plays Auburn down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Butler hosts California, which Cal's has got a losing record, but still, it's a it's a power mm-hmm. five program. So there's, there's a lot oh, of Arizona plays Wisconsin, hosts Wisconsin on Saturday. That's a host or is it neutral? It's host. They host it in Arizona. Huh. Yeah. Um, isn't it like some sort of, I think, I think it's just a, just a home and home probably. Yeah. Home and home. Hopefully it'd be cool. Um, yeah. but yeah, barring that, I don't think Arizona has another game after. Nope. So yeah, well, two next, guys, next two week's finals week. Back. Yeah, for most teams, Man. so there's not too many games going on next week. So, so they have Arizona, Wisconsin this weekend, Purdue next weekend, uh, Alabama the Wednesday after that, mm-hmm. and then they play at Florida Atlantic. <laughs> That's a uh, shout out to basketball, I, though. Yeah, you know, I'll give props to Florida Atlantic. They beefed up their schedule non-conference big time this year, so. Yeah. Props to them. Props to them. Because I know Illinois beat them earlier this week. So, yeah. Is Alabama not ranked? I thought Alabama was ranked. They are not no, ranked. Six and two, I believe, is the record. But Six and two. Ranked. I thought I thought they were like 14th or something at one point. They were like 17th last week, I swear. Yeah. Maybe they're in the 20s or something. But yeah, they've. Their two losses are Ohio, Ohio State Ohio and State. Clemson. Yeah. They've had some injuries, but I think they're all back. And their guy that was on their team last year that was supposed to be a big part of this game up in Toronto, he he went to the went pros. Pro. So yeah, yeah. But I expect I expect Purdue to play well. I expect Edie to have a, of course, another good game. I think he's going to be even extra motivated. But hopefully he doesn't come out too juiced up because he might be uh, some money. Yeah. I don't. I think he he seems pretty determined and pretty even keel as it comes. So I I think he'll be fine. I'm not super worried about him. He has well, to have that Superman, or he'd punch somebody every game for how much he gets beat up. Uh, yeah. That was actually okay. So I'm looking at their at uh, Alabama stats. So their leading scores, Mark Sears, the senior guard. Um, he's shooting 51 percent from three on the year. I was like, okay, he hasn't taken many, but he's got a game where he was uh, one for two, three for four, three for four, one for two, two for six, two for four, four for nine, one for two. So he's he's been putting up some shots. Yeah. Um, we have got him. Looks like they're top leading scores. They've got three guys averaging double figures: Sears, Estrada, who's a six-three guard. He's shooting forty-four percent from three, almost forty-five. And then oh, Grant Nelson. That's right. He's a, he'll be an interesting. That'll be an interesting matchup. He's a six-eleven kid. He, I think he came from North Dakota State. Big, like he's six-eleven, but he's super lanky. So he's one of those like stretch fours, really. Uh, so we're curious to see if I don't, that's an it, easy only, assignment or if the, he's not shooting though. He's shooting twelve and a half percent from three. So he's not a shooter, it looks like. Yeah, it, I got twenty-seven point six from here. 
on that doesn't right mean now, anything. So. We've been burnt by that plenty of times. Oh, sorry. That's away. Was, was away. Langmore shooting 12.5%. Lang- okay. Langmore for Northwestern was shooting 20%, yeah. went 4 or 5. <laughs> I'll never forget Keaton, Keaton Nankaville for uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Wisconsin, Wisconsin back in like 08 or 09. The dude hadn't hit a three all year, and he had six of them in one game against Purdue. It's like we won, but it's like Northwestern had another kid that did that. He like he, they he they had a, he like, had he was like zero for eight coming into the game. He took three, and he hit at least one. Yeah, I think he was probably the guy that was about who was like two for eight in the free throw line coming into the game. Yeah, <laughs> never fails. Never fails. Gosh, yeah. Never fails, but I'm sure ugly, we've too. I'm sure we've done that to teams in the past, but I can't remember. But I'm sure. I'd be like Ethan know. Morton. I'd be like Ethan Morton hitting a three last year when he shooting like eighteen percent. That's true. John, I mean John Hart, Illinois. I mean that's that's, that's a classic game. That's that's, that's one that's that was ten I mean, years ago. What did what did Mason true. what did Mason Gillis shoot last year or really in his career? Like he's a good shooter, but when he hit what he hit eight against Penn State, yeah, 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 yeah that was like, he was in like, Fuego. yeah. Yeah. He shot, let's see, last year, Mason Gillis. He shot last uh, okay. He shot thirty five point six percent last year. So threes, yeah. So. But Respectful. you never expect someone to hit eight threes. Like right. eight of <laughs> like eight of eleven or something that game. He was yeah. stupid that game. So but it should be fun. National television game is Fox one thirty on Saturday. So, so big time match. Who's gonna be the announcers? Is that gonna be like a Jim Jackson thing? I assume. Oh, we're gonna get freaking. <laughs> it's gonna be oh, Gus. Gonna get, and it's gonna be Gus Johnson. Damn it! Oh god, he's gonna work in Jordan Holes somehow. He's gonna work in the Jordan Holes line. It's been 14 years, but still his favorite player of all time. Uh, yeah, yeah I might, I might be, I might be the, sinking, sinking that up with Blackman and Bucket. Sure. <laughs> god, I can't. Stand that guy. Jim Jackson's got better for me over the years. I like Jim Gus Jackson. Like Jim Jackson. He's pretty – he's fair. He's he's I mean, obviously very knowledgeable. But, but I think I can stand Gus a little more in basketball than I can football. Football, he's – I can't remember last time I watched a Gus Johnson football game. Well, it's usually Ohio State or Michigan. That's probably That's true. Why, so. <laughs> Yeah, or that game when they play each other in the game, he is just insufferable beyond yeah. belief. But yeah, he's a uh, he's something that's for sure. But um, any other thoughts about hoops? I mean, this is it's starting to get fun. I mean, it, it, well, it, I say that, then you know, we get some really good games, and then a couple crappy games around the holidays, which is obviously pretty expected. Coaches don't want to be pissed off when they. <laughs> Go to Christmas with their family, right. um, but it's crazy that two Big Ten ten games already under our belt. It's, Season's yeah. flying by already. I yeah, mean, I know we is. have a lot yeah. more basketball, but it's it's unbelievable how fast college sports go anymore. From start of football to the end of basketball, it's just gone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and still trying to enjoy the ride. Uh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, and we hit on some Purdue fans after the game Friday night uh, needed to go outside, get some fresh air, touch some grass, do something. Because holy crap! Yeah, it was bad. I mean, that was hot. It was more of these like some of the fish, which obviously I know like, they were fine, but there were some calls that was just like, yeah. I mean, it's just every. I mean, obviously there's every there's every call go your way, but it was just like some of them were just like when you got Boo Boo able to being able to push off Lance, which I'm sure Lance was you know obviously faking a little, but still like. 
you know, doing that. And the officials kind of laughing up with, with Bowie as he, as he walks up the court, you know, Bowie being able to go over to the Purdue bench and flex, which the game was already kind of done at that point. But just stuff like that, I'm just like, come on. Like, it's simple stuff like that. You can easily clean up and prevent that from happening. Yeah, I, I was kind of except for the fact that officials are getting worse and worse in every sport at every level. Yeah. Um, and part of it's not their fault. I mean, like, I think Brian Uber touched on that. I think one of those guys did a game in California the night before. Right. They had to fly in. Those same three guys did the Marquette-Wisconsin game the next day, which is a two-and-a-half-hour drive. That was right. like around 12 hours afterwards after the Purdue game ended. So it's just like, you know, part of these guys, they do need to study and, like, you know, prep for these games. And it's hard to prep, you know, for games, you know, three games from now when you got one, you know, that night. It's just like. It's, it's true. It's crazy. It's true. Very true, but I, I just hate when officials take over games. But yeah, that's not, not saying they it's took it like, over Friday, but still, but can, it's just not what bothers me is when you like. I mean, obviously, it's I mean, it's human, you know, they're human, so they, it, right the mistakes happen. It's like where you can tell, like, when they're really excited to call a foul on number one team when they're playing it on the road because they're just gonna fire up the crowd. It's just like something like that's just like, yeah. okay, what are yeah. we doing here? But I digress. But, well, and, and that's also one more thing I've, I've noticed in Purdue games. Maybe it's just me. It's, it's probably because of the way they've been officiated and so many fouls have been called. But more times they are in Purdue's favor than not. Mm-hmm. But the Tennessee game, definitely. And then this game as well. They were like two and a half hour games. Oh, my God. Which is long yeah. for college basketball. And then the Iowa game was over before nine. It started at seven. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I was walking up the stairs of, of like to leave. And I was like, oh, what time is that? I turned. I see the clock above the, above the, uh, the tunnel. And it was 8.52. And I was like, so this game got over like four minutes ago. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> because <laughs> well, Iowa, like, doesn't, Iowa doesn't play defense. And I was looking yeah. it up. There were 29 total fouls in the Iowa Purdue yeah. game. There were about oh. 70 fouls in the that Tennessee game. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was well, the, it was unwatchable. The, the under four timeout happened at like 1:30 left in the game. Like it was like because the guys were like you could just tell like the guys were just like for the love of God something just exhausted. It was pretty funny. I was just like well, you can tell they're all just looking around like what the like what is happening like. I was half expecting like because Painter was trying to get some like he's trying to get Waddell and and uh, uh, Wilberg in there. I was like, are they just gonna do like the rolling? Just like just pull the guys out, just put these guys mm-hmm. in sort of thing because these guys some minutes ago, those guys were gassed. It was funny. There was a guy in Iowa. I'm bad at remembering Iowa guys' names. He like go for a loose ball or something, yeah. and it was tied up or for a foul. And he just laid there for a couple seconds, and like <laughs> Edie, Edie, Edie got off the bench, like helped him up, and they were laughing about it. And announcers were like, "I don't blame him. I would have stayed down yeah. too because he has gas." <laughs> yeah, I had to laugh at Sanford because there was a. I feel like this game, I've seen more passes like to the bench or like like I feel like I went through like four or five passes like just where no one was standing, um, but it was early in this first half. Um, no, no, actually, no, it was the second half because um, it was at the Iowa bench. Sanford went through through a pass and then went like straight into their bench, and the ref was walking up the court. And Sanford's like, "Hey, you're open!" Like he was just joking. I was like, "That's that's funny." <laughs> oh, but good stuff. Andrew, you have any final thoughts on basketball? No, the only thing that what you just said, Evan, that made me think about. I think Painter. Maybe I'm just thinking of back to Hawaii. I just thought Painter. I think Painter's mindset isn't pretty funny on the sidelines. In Hawaii, it looked like he couldn't have cared less. It looked like he was like he was like joking. I don't remember who it was. Um, I don't know if it was the Mar- it was the Marquette game or something like that, where he was like 
there was a there was a dead ball and like a turnover, and he's like joking with like the opposing point guard. It might I might have been Mark. I don't remember who it was. I remember. That. I, was just, I, I do remember that. <clears throat> like every time it looked over, like producing these like tight games against Marquette and Tennessee and Gonzaga, and he's just like laughing with the refs or the other team. Even and I was like, man, Payton looks like he's on a Hawaiian vacation. I was like, I, <laughs> I think he's. It's kind of carried over a little bit. I think I, I don't know. That was what you just said. It's pretty yeah. light. It's pretty light on the sideline. It seems like. Because I've heard this a lot. I heard this especially before, prior to 2019, where we kind of broke through that Sweet 16 ceiling. Um, do you guys think Painter gets nervous in like tournament games? I don't think he, he, he like. I don't know. Go ahead, Tanner. I don't think he changes the way we play, but I do think he gets a little more tense. I think he feels the pressure a little bit because yeah. it's just I don't know. I, I I'm not blaming him as the sole reason for any any for. Mm-hmm. Anyway, why we've lost two double digits these three years in a row. I think it's more matchups and just unlucky than anything, but I do think there is some, some tension there. I don't because know. I think, I mean, I saw some of that, but then also, like, I remember, I remember 20, and it could, be, it could have been just the roster we had or whatever, but I think it was the Tennessee game where, like, it was a really like tense moment. You can see him just be like, "Hey, let's relax." Like, "Hey, we're having fun." Like, so that was just oh, yeah. like that seemed very different. And again, I don't know if it was just like you know we had seniors and Ryan Klein, Grady Eifert. Obviously, you had Carson Edwards as a junior right. who was balling out. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I've never like after that. I feel like I never really saw that. I and mean, I feel like maybe before that could have probably bought into it. But I feel like I didn't really. I don't. I have no idea. I think definitely you felt the pressure last year, <laughs> just because of the magnitude of the situation. Um, I, I don't know, but I think, yeah, having a guy like, even like Lance Jones, like, um, I swear, I don't, I was trying to see what, because when late in the second half, when the guy missed the two free throws to get the <laughs> chicken sandwich when the crowd was going up, which is I, it's so fun. Oh, it's, it's great hilarious. that they do that. It's hilarious. Uh, like, like it is, <laughs> like, it is so loud when you're there, when that happens. Um, and like the whole student section is saying chicken, like it just cracks me up. And then they missed it. And I swear Lance was running, was running down the court and got to the corner because he, he hit a three after that point. But I swear he was like yelling with the crowd, like like just having fun. And like I swear to God, I saw I I heard I, I was watching his mouth. And I swear to God, he yelled chicken just because it was just like <laughs> so like just like something like that. I think is really good because he hits the shot and he's like dancing on the side. I feel like stuff like that is so huge because we didn't you know it just kind of feel like he has so much joy. And I feel like hopefully it kind of takes the pressure off some of these guys are just like when we're having fun like yes you know this uh, is a game and you know don't take ourselves too seriously and all that kind he, of stuff I feel like he made some, like to... go ahead he made some sorry i didn't mean to cut you off he good. he he made some really good comments post game on the big 10 network um because he asked him how this environment uh compares to siu's environment which he, he answered it very well he said yeah. siu's great and all but he said mackie's elite it's another level he said yeah. I, this place gets better and louder every game i'm out there on the court he said and i'm not taking it for granted he said i'm gonna yeah. enjoy every minute of this this year it's like i, I don't want to say some of our guys who have been there three or four years take it for granted but mm-hmm. they might to a to yeah. a level where somebody is coming from a mid-major it's like man yeah. this is just this is awesome i get to play on a top four team in the country and i'm, I'm having a, i'm having a blast right i mean so, i mean talk about like some of these especially these guys like last year like fletcher and um brayden like you know they come in and shortly you know two weeks into their season they're already ranked number one it's like okay and then when like, the place is juiced it's like you kind of just like it just i mean which is nice because hopefully you just kind of expected mm-hmm. and kind of just get used to it. it doesn't really phase you too much but it's nice to see a guy like 
really enjoy it because yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Because I mean, I mean, wherever these guys go, like if they go play overseas or wherever, it's like the crowds are never going to be like they are in college. I mean, that's like makes college basketball so special. It's just the crowds yep. and the environment. Um, I mean, when you hear stories, you know, Robbie talking about playing in Russia, there's you know 50 people there. Like it's got to be pretty deflating. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 can't take it for granted because produce yeah. special basketball environment. And even when they were had down years, it was always still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it's uh. Not every program's like that. That's for sure. That's for sure. So well, let's uh, flip it a little bit and talk some Boiler football. I know uh, season's over with. Uh, you guys did a great job recapping the bucket game last week. But now it's the wild, wild west. It is the transfer <laughs> portal. It's like, what the hell's going on every day? Um, and, you know, it, it was easy earlier this week when all of a sudden 20 guys from Purdue jump into portal. It was easy to get down. But if you look at every team across the country, they're getting hit by this. And a lot yeah. of them worse than Purdue as far as losing top guys, starters, et cetera. So I don't think Purdue I'm needs to be I'm pretty sure I saw that. By, I think I saw which they have, they have a coaching game. I'm pretty sure I saw that Indiana lost all five starting offensive linemen. They did. <laughs> it's just like they did. Like, good God. And then they lost Jalen Lucas, which when mine, you know, seeing if he wants to be a Macaulay. Returner. McCauley, yeah, which he's selling. He's getting he's blowing up. Boys. Yeah. yeah, Michigan, which is so, which is so crazy. Like Deion Burke too. Yeah, which oh. is so crazy. Like with like, I mean, I don't knew we touched on it. It's like you know, they got these guys who, you know, maybe the best offers coming out of high school were Purdue, you know, Indiana, Illinois, maybe or even like you know something lower. And it's like you they play one year, and it's all of a sudden they're getting offers from Texas and Penn State. And it's like what the. I guess if you're going to be proven, yeah. yeah, depth basically, depth, yeah. depth, yeah. yeah, they can stash somebody else's number one guy as their number three guy, and just have that luxury. I mean, that's pretty dang nice. <laughs> Except yeah. like, but then that guy has to want to be like so. Dion Burks, who was Purdue's leading receiver, has to be okay with Except being going from yeah. But again, we don't know what conversations were nope. on with these players, and nope. we don't know what their what the uh, offense will look like, and what I mean, like, yeah. So who knows, we don't but. we don't know what they want out of their career either. I mean, some guys could just right. be chasing a bag. Um, yep. Some guys could off, off. Some guys could be like, "Well, I want to go to the pros. This team's going to use me better than this team." Because I will say, I think Burke Burks, even though he had a pretty good season, was was misused. We need mm-hmm. him in the slot, but we couldn't yep. afford to put him there. So, right. yeah, I'm sure yeah. we tried to keep him, but oh yeah, and but, hopefully, yeah. maybe if you know. Depending on who we can bring in, if we can, like I think I mentioned this thing last week, it's like we can get show we have some guys that can be on the outside, or he doesn't need to be on the outside. Maybe that you know could that entice him to come back. I don't know. I don't know how the staff feels about guys going going to the portal. And right. Back. I have no idea. But right. Um, it'll happen back if we can. Yeah, it's just it's just wild. It's <laughs> college football coaches. I think Newbert put it perfectly in the one, two, three this week. I mean, it's. It's hard to feel too bad for them because they're getting paid very, very well. But it's like, this is what they're getting paid for right here anymore. It's portal season. It's you got to lose guys. You got to try to find a way to make your team better coming out of out of the portal period. And it's it's got to be grueling. Well, you look at a guy like Kyle McCord, who was you know the starting quarterback for an eleven and one Ohio State team, who you know by all means had you know I mean they didn't live with what they wanted to do but it's just like you know then Ryan Day comes out into his press conference and won't commit to him being the star for the next year so you know four years ago it's like you're you're looking like you're looking at like man this they're 11 one this year with the freshman Kyle McCord they're gonna be even better and you know God God help us in two years when he's a junior sort of thing but now it's like you know like hey we can go get someone better if we don't like him how he is right now as a freshman it's like this is freaking crazy some some 
some programs will never see them develop a quarterback ever again. No. Has I Jeff mean, Brown developed a quarterback ever? Some uh, people, say some people will say Aiden, but yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, that was a joke. And then he, but still also, had, he still had Jack start in front of him, uh, yeah, you know, true. three years ago, and then, then finally he took, he took over. But I mean, I now he's got he, a now he's got a seventh year QB to come over Brady Allen. Right, I mean, you think like it could be like a Brady Allen, but then yeah, it's like you know he took Jack Plummer, you know, at least for the first year, which you can understand that first year, like it's like right. But then it's like okay, you know, maybe having your guy or something. But it's like yeah, here comes in. 24, seventh year, year dude. Yeah. yeah, but like, how did you get? I know it's like you talk about it with like the lower, like the MAC programs. Like, what is even like? Why even recruit high schoolers? Oh, because like, yeah. oh. you put two years in and they're going to be good. Then like, all right, Purdue is going to come calling, or any or bigger is going to come calling and say like, oh yeah, you're like the best player on Bowling Green. Like, yeah, come be our fourth wide receiver mm-hmm. at Michigan. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh yeah, it's it's. I mean, it impacts some power five schools, but it kills. Those but I mean, like, it's Purdue, I level. think Purdue Purdue's going to be on that rung as well. Where like, like, oh, yeah. um, Nick Scorton, I like, think, thank goodness, like he has, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah like, him and Jake like, he could like, God, just please keep them. <laughs> but I mean, like, it could be the same for just about any any program. It just oh, yeah. like their best players. Like, I'm going to go to the portal and just go see how much money I can get. And, well, yeah. yeah, Dylan Gabriel for Oklahoma, he had a good year, and, and McCord did too for Ohio State. But Gabriel was even better. And then when he jumped that portal, mm-hmm. I'm like, you're starting for Oklahoma. Like, what? What do you? Where are you going to go? Yeah, like, yeah, where are you going to go? Yeah. But he might just be interested. Like, yeah, let's see if any other big school is going to mm-hmm. throw some cash unless my way. Like, I want to go to USC and get, in, uh, mm-hmm. get some better weather. True, and, yeah. true. And because Notre Dame's a school, I I could see them turn into a school that hardly ever develops quarterbacks because they yeah. got Sam Hartman. Now they're going after Riley Leonard from Duke, and and, and they usually build the rest there. of their team so then they can just plug and play there. Yeah, I don't know. So free yeah, agency. It's, it's hard to know. keep track. Like I, I, oh, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's harder for me to keep track because like I see, you know, I see Tom reporting all these guys. I'm like, I don't know who any of these dudes are. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just a couple names I might recognize just because of you know they played in conference or whatever. Right. Or it was a name that was mentioned right. early on. But it's like, yeah, it's. I I I think you t- you asked like a week ago in our group chat, Tim, like if they ever if the NCAA can do anything to fix this or roll it back. And I'm like, once it's open, once. Yeah, what's toothpaste? Started, the I, don't know. <laughs> I, I think they screwed up. They didn't put enough parameters and thought into it. And just after the COVID 2020 season, they panicked with so many things trying to <clears throat> just make everybody happy. So they right. did transfer portal, NIL, everything's just we're going, we're going. Well, those things, like even Newbert talked about it's like, you know, again, we're just <coughs> Ryan Newbert uh, reference hour. Um, but he's like, you know, no one asked. We should have him on. We yeah, should, sure. yeah, Brian, come on. Um, uh, like no one asked was asking for the one-time transfer rule. No. I mean, it, was, it, was, it was more like I mean, it, to a point, it was like you know, hey, coaches can leave whenever they want. Like students should be able to as well. Um, but still, like you could you could do a one-time transfer, but like maybe like I mean, like Painter's talked about, like maybe do it after like maybe after you're, like your freshman or like after your sophomore, you like take put two years into it yeah. versus like yeah, because it's just and yeah, like you said, I, you I did play as a freshman. I'm gonna go to this school. They'll play me right. And you throw in the COVID year, which again, like you said, Andrew for basketball was stupid because, yes, it sucked that the, I mean, I guess, I guess it was the season after it was canceled. But like, I I feel like it should have been like you know if you actually played that year, you shouldn't get it because like I mean I if, if you if you said hey like this is not you know I need to be home with my family because of this reason like hey that's fine I totally get it but if you played yeah. that entire year, 
you know, outside of being hurt, it's like, okay, like <laughs> it didn't matter. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, yeah, it's the NCAA just, yeah, not a whole lot of forethought and a lot of decision making, it seems like. Nope. And the, yeah, the one time transfer rule, like they could have put some parameters in the, like, you know, we're leaving the transfer rules the same, but if your head coach leaves, yeah, right. then, then you got, you know, then you can let go. Yeah, I didn't. But, honestly, I didn't know if that was the rule, but I thought that should have been. I thought that was a rule coaching. already, though. Yeah, wasn't I wasn't it? sure if it was or not, but that's what I'm like. That makes sense. I think. Or was that, it? Or was it? Maybe it was like if you if you're signed to go to that school, I think you you can get out of your yes. NL your national level yes. and be like, okay, yes. I want to go somewhere. Yeah, yes. yes. okay, yes. yeah, maybe, yes. yeah, maybe you couldn't transfer. Yeah, I mean, but that seems too easy looking back on it just to put those parameters right there, but. I don't know. I, I'm just hopeful somehow in the next five years it kind of evens itself out a little bit. I don't know what that looks like, but because it's just it's laughable right now. It really is. Yeah. And yeah. Even if you get through this enough. period, okay. But then after the spring, we saw last year guys that I'm, go through it's spring all over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then just, yeah, it's like, do they even like again? It's going back to I know we talked about before, like with you know transfers. There's no letter of intent you just gotta hope they show up <laughs> it's just like i guess we're hoping yeah, for summer ball <laughs> they show up in june yeah i guess you're right that yeah was who was like that where... kid who was that kid uh it was the wide receiver uh, wasn't he from like but then yeah, there was an offensive lineman he didn't show up on yeah. campus and he goes to ucf oh there was the one kid who the the, the offensive, uh, offensive lineman yeah. was on his way to west lafayette and they made a detour to go to tcu because they got a call and he ended up committing to tcu on his way to <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah, there's uh, the word commitment doesn't mean the same thing that it used to. But well, even now it's just like crazy. Like you know, at least it was like it was okay, get them get them signed, okay, and you're good. But now it's like I mean, you've seen it, especially in, I don't feel like I maybe haven't seen it as much in football, but I feel like I've seen it in basketball the last two years where like guys will be signed and then come May they're like no, <laughs> I mean I mean like with Indiana for example, I mean Mackenzie Baca he was signed to go to Duke and then Cal Filipowski comes back and he's like I don't want to compete for that so he got I was NLI I was just like okay what are we doing here yeah 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 it's just it's crazy I don't I have I never really had tons of respect for the NCAA to begin with but they last yeah. year they've lost everything I had for them so yeah but just hope Purdue fills in the gaps where they can go get some wide receivers get some offensive line help and. See what happens next year. Schedule is going to be a gauntlet, but it's going to be a gauntlet every year. You got to embrace it and take it on the chin and hope you can get bowl eligible. So, Oregon State might have gotten a little easier. That's true. That's true. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, they're going to be a a partial member of the Mountain West next year. Them and they they agreed to play like six conference games against the Mountain West. The other six, they should have just kept it as the Pac-12 and just with them and Washington State, just (laughs) (laughs) Pac-2, Pac-2, chance of winning. (laughs) You just just play each other six times. You just go back and forth. (laughs) It's just weird to me because like. They're not the greatest, but those two have better football programs than a lot of the other Pac-12 schools that got chosen. Mm-hmm. I don't under I don't. I mean, it, that's what cracks me up about the conference realignment. None of it makes sense geographically, but especially the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now they have Cal and Stanford. <laughs> just the Coast Conferences. Just, yeah, just the yeah, Coast. Just the, <laughs> well, then what? Uh, um, there's talks of like you know, like Gonzaga joining. Uh, was it the Big, Big East? 12. Big or Big Twelve, was Big, 12. Big East at one time for basketball, and then it was Big yeah. Twelve. Yeah, 
Smiled. <laughs> Smiled. And then we have today, I don't know if you guys saw this, there's a five-star offensive lineman. Was on national television on Skip Bailey's show and committed to Colorado today. Yeah, it's top six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what, 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 why? I saw why? Him on Twitter. I was like, I was like, oh, I feel like I saw a tweet about that kid earlier. I was like, I was like, oh, who else was he considering? I was like, oh, he considered you know Tennessee. So I was like, wait, I remember seeing a Colorado logo on this tweet. It was just, it was like the kid who committed to Michigan over when he had Purdue in his top what like four or five and like his like. You know, sign or commitment day post had you know, Michigan on there. <laughs> yep, it's it wasn't even the fact he went to Colorado, and I don't like Colorado, but it was just like, what are we doing? Why do we have high school kids on these national shows? Like, yeah, what are we doing here? But is what oh, it Tanner, is. Tanner, um, you never had a chance to uh, go off on the fact that Kyder Jenkins was not uh, all. Oh in. yeah, thank you. I remember uh, <laughs> I was gonna go off on something. I couldn't remember what it was, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's ludicrous. I mean, you can't even have him on second team. He's honorable mention, and he was tied for the sack leader in the Big Ten. These awards are so stupid anymore. They go to okay, who's a decent player on the best teams, not right. who had the best individual season. That's what these are for. I mean, my God. I mean, thank God Scorton made second team at least. Yeah. Um, I just I knew I knew somebody was gonna get screwed. I just knew it. And and you can make a case Thaneman should have been first team. But yeah. mm-hmm. as a freshman, you knew that probably wasn't gonna happen. At least he won Big Ten freshman of the year and right. got some accolades. I mean, it just it just pisses me off. That's always been the case. I mean, I, I still am shocked that Ryan Kerrigan won defensive player of the year when he did. Mm-hmm. Over JJ Watt, um, right? Because Purdue was four and eight that year, and Wisconsin was whatever they were nine, ten wins, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I get it when it comes to the Heisman a little bit. I mean, okay, say Travis Hunter would have stayed healthy for Colorado, and I know he's a freshman. This would never happen, and ripped it up. But they go four and eight. Okay, um, you know right. I, I understand that to a bit. But even with the Heisman, I think. I could see Jaden Daniels win it this weekend, and his team didn't make the playoff. Right. Whereas Michael Penix's team did. Bo Nix's team didn't, but. Who do you think he wins it? I think it's between Daniels and Penix now. I think yeah. Nix kind of hurt himself Friday night. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr., I mean, he could be deserving too, but it's so wide receivers. I don't know how. You have to have like the most incredible season that's ever been played. Yeah. Or be Devontae <laughs> Smith in the weird COVID year where yeah. not everybody yeah. got to play that many games. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's a quarterback, quarterback and running back driven award. I'm more quarterback probably than anything else, but I, I think Daniels probably wins it now. But I think so too. I, I wonder how Indiana fans would take it to Panic State. Mm-hmm. They'd probably take partial credit for his heart. Oh, yeah. They'd claim it. They would definitely claim it. <laughs> I mean, I would too. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You're saying if Jack Plummer would have won Heisman this year? Oh, Absolutely. I about threw up just thinking about that. <laughs> Nothing against Jack. It's more Jeff Brom out of a Heisman quarterback, which, right. uh, thank God, Florida State and their third string quarterback beat them, which. I could go down a whole nother rabbit hole. I already did it once this week talking about Florida State. <laughs> Never an hour. <laughs> I mean, they're not a top four team without Jordan Travis, but come on. They did everything you yeah. put in front of them, and you well, never just, screwed over a team until the last year of this format. It sucks when you have Travis saying, you know, I wish we got hurt sooner. Yeah. You can see, it's like, God, like that just rips your heart out. It's yeah. like, my God. And their defense is damn good. Their defense is top five defense, yeah. in my opinion. So their defense can keep them in games. It's just 
And what I don't think is fair is, okay, they weren't as good with Travis down to their backup, but I feel like they're getting too much analysis for their third string quarterback, the way he played against Louisville. And I'm like, they're a lot better with their backup than their third string. Right. Do you buy into the conspiracy that's because of the TCU uh, situation last year where they got just absolutely blitzed in the championship? Mm. And it's like, we, don't, we, we can't have that. We can't have, you know, Michigan hang 40 on a second on, on a Florida State team that's without their starting quarterback. There might be a little bit of that, but I think it's more just TV money and ratings and not having an SEC team in the, in the, when they're looked at the me- the mecca of college football for their conference, I think it's more right. of that because because <laughs> if you really wanted the top top four teams, Georgia's still in them. Oh, 100 percent. Georgia yeah. had a had an off night and still barely yeah. lost. So yeah. it's gonna really suck when Alabama wins the championship. It is like they're gonna be like, see, I told you. <laughs> it is. I I hundred yeah. I expect them to beat Texas. Yeah. Uh, I really want to Alabama's four, Michigan's one, right? Yeah, but it's Michigan against so, Alabama, Washington against Texas, and yeah, I was hoping I for cheering for Alabama. <laughs> I know it. I was hoping for Michigan against Washington in the last Rose Bowl, or, yeah. or you know, or the last like Big Ten Pac Ten matchup. Yeah, but instead we're getting Alabama and Michigan. Then you're getting poor uh, Washington's got to play Texas and New Orleans. Right, which Texas crowd's just gonna drive. Well, Michigan's right playing Texas. Is, is Michigan's or oh wait, no, it is. Isn't uh, well, isn't their game in Houston? The championship itself. So oh, that's if, right. If, if yeah. Texas wins, then they get it. Yeah, in their backyard. Um, yeah, oh, but God. and I feel like Alabama's not getting okay. The the team they lost to was in the playoff, but the, they're not getting punched enough for losing a home game. They're losing a home game by double digits. Yeah, I mean, come on. We'll see how it plays out. I'm glad it's going to 12 teams next year, but we'll still be. That's the, that's the thing that complaining about is because like they can't, they can't, they can't answer for this anymore because it's like it's like last year. Okay, right. we're good. Like I mean, obviously next year you can still have ways to screw someone over, but it's like they don't have to answer for this decision because it's like you know because what really could happen you know if it if, you know what happened happened and then we still have another 14 playoff next year like their whole year they're gonna be like they're gonna be getting just their the shit on essentially the whole year. Yep. Um, yep. And we're not gonna get that. It really sucks. <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll be honest, though. Uh, besides Purdue, I'll be pulling a little bit for Florida State next year, hoping they make the playoff next year because mm-hmm. they got hosed. And I've never had a problem with Florida State. I don't I don't care if they can maybe beat up on Notre Dame and Louisville. I'm, I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. But it'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think I think a 12-team playoff will be good for college football, but we'll still be complaining about number 13 who gets left out. So mm-hmm. it says what it is. Is what it is. As long as they don't expand the NCAA uh, basketball tournament from '68, just leave. Oh boy, leave it. Don't think about '96. Don't do it. Yeah, for sure. Don't do it. We got enough those postseason tournaments as is. So, Mm yeah. Any other thoughts, you guys? Purdue related or just college sports related or or anything? Life. John Rom going to the live tour, live golf. <laughs> <sighs> nope. 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 Okay. Okay. Pacers going to the uh, in season tournament championship. I don't Pacer fan, but uh, good, good for them. Yeah, good, good for, for them. Um, good for Indy. I've watched five minutes of NBA basketball this year. That was the first game of the season. I am bad. I have not been following mm. anything. It's been bad, but I try to check the box scores, see how Ivy Ivy's doing when he plays. So, Monty Williams. 
Yeah, good contract there, Detroit. Good job to throw that coach a bunch of money. So, but uh, one thirty. Sign time for a basketball just with these next games. So hopefully, I mean, two legit tests. So we'll see what we're made of. Yep. Let's. Yep. We haven't already. Keep it rolling. National television, one thirty on Fox. It's right around lunchtime. If you don't know what you're going to do for uh, game day food, well, I got a solution for you. Boiler Breakdowns brought to you by Mad Mushroom. I better bring the uh, banner up here. Where is it? There it is. Mad Mushroom has been serving Boilermakers since 1993. They're located in the heart of West Lafayette, and they're known as the home of the original cheese stick. Whenever uh, we visit, we like to sit down, have an ice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which is December. So it's a new pizza of the month. This month, we got Josh's Big Cheesy Chicken Enchilada. It's red enchilada sauce topped with grilled chicken, mozzarella, and cheddar cheeses and finished with a white queso drizzle and freshly chopped cilantro. So if that uh, sounds good to you, just uh, tell them next time you stop in that the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. And any Boiler Breakdown listener or viewer can also use the coupon code BREAK5. That's all caps, B-R-E-A-K-5. It's claim your discount code online at madmushroom.com. That's Mad Mushroom. Feed your head. And hey, if you're at the Cactus tonight, and you're enjoying Bruce the Piano Man's last hurrah. Oh, Tonight's his last show. Mm. Uh, maybe you're going to done this cactus. from the cactus. What are we doing? Mm. <laughs> that would have been epic, but it wouldn't end well. Um, <laughs> um, maybe you're going to walk back up the levee tonight. Order some wings, some grinders, some pizza, some cheese sticks. Order enough to get over that $20 threshold and uh, tell them to boil the breakdown since you get $5 off. And our other sponsor tonight, Evan's got a, the good-looking script sweatshirt on. Comfy. I got my uh, throwback Purdue Pete uh, football hat. I probably can't see it that well on the webcam. But uh, who who do we get these uh, fine-looking items from, Webby? Got this from the shop. Uh, making hometown apparel since 2011. It's over a decade now. Started out in garages. Now they've got two brick-and-mortar locations in the Indy area, one in Broderford, one in Carmel. Um, they make comfortable shirts, makes everybody happy. I mean, this is an incredible, comfortable sweatshirt. Um, where, you know, obviously, with the holidays coming up, you've got and you've got Pacer fan. Obviously, Pacer playing really well. They've got Pacer gear. They've got Purdue gear, Indiana gear. Butler's playing well, Andrew. Um, yeah. you know, all state, um, all you know, all the Indiana schools except maybe one up in South Bend area. We'll name them. Yeah, they're um, jerks. Yeah, but if you want a good shirt, sweatshirt, like I said Tanner's got a hat. You drinkware, stickers. They got you covered. Um, go to the shopindy.com. Use promo code breakdown to get 25% off your entire order. Yeah, better get those orders in for the holidays. We're getting close. Mm-hmm. Getting so close busy. if you need need one of those last minute items for a sports fan <coughs> in your family or friend in your life. Uh, can't go wrong with the shop. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, boys, it's been fun. Uh, hopefully, we're uh, covering a nice win next week. Let's uh, boil her up, hammer down, and beat the Crimson Tide. Boil her up. Yes, sir.